Welcome to Pop Banter. My name is Kevin. I'm Leslie. The annoying Leslie. Welcome to season two. Oh, no, it's not very nice. Episode. Isn't it? You buy your own dinner tonight. <laughs> episode three. Episode three. Um, Good. You can email us at BritpopBanter at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. All views expressed on this podcast are 100% our own. And while we poke fun at Leslie's shirt that she's wearing, we appreciate the talent and the stitching that went into it. I got so many compliments today. Did you? Yeah, you're just not a fan of green. I got tons. People were like, that's really vibrant, brings out your eyes, great colour shirt, that's really bold. Big, like, I got tons. Weird. And I've never really had that about a shirt before. I is just it was... you? I've never seen you wear it. Yeah, but... It is, it is. I had meetings today where I had to be bold, so I dressed for said occasion because it's good for your psyche. I had to have conversations today that were like. So you didn't do it for your eyes. I mean, that was a given. <laughs> so it's a really vibrant green shirt. Yeah, vibrant. Vibrant. Uh, I'm vibrant. No, you are. You are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no. You are. Yeah. Uh. Anything want to add about that? No. no? Okay, alright. Uh, this week's album, Supergrass, Road to Ruin. I am really excited to talk about this album. Okay. Listener choice, it's Andy's choice, which we'll get to a little bit later on. I am pumped to talk about this album. It's a very different album from Supergrass. It's, it's different to what we've heard. And it's unique. It's, it's a unique sounding album. So it's, it's very good to talk about a Britpop band changing their sound and the, and the reasons why yes it is uh, last week let's talk about last week we've literally argued it for the last sort of five minutes or so before coming on JJ72 last week what's your thoughts just glad it's over nothing nothing I, I don't care what anyone hands in suggests <laughs> gives us will ever be as bad as that that's, that's not fair a lot of people like that album. And we'll get to... We've got one-liners on JJ72. Probably hand-picked by Kev. No, no, no. Everything's there. Even ones that's blatantly you, like Team Les. I'm telling you now. They, and we got smashed with one-liners on JJ72. A lot of opinion on them, which is a good thing. So I'm going to... It's everything. All bells and whistles. Let's see what they say. I hate the album. <laughs> Didn't grow, I just don't like it. Well, you're never going to listen to it again. Ever. No? No. Okay. Well, I actually listened to the episode back, and I feel that I was quite restrained. Oh, bollocks. Really? You were so rude and... I was so restrained. Versus, like, say, Cooler Shaker or Reef. I felt like I was polite, to be fair. <laughs> no, you weren't. I, I thought you were quite harsh, but... Harsher than normal? I don't think so. Maybe it's because... i tell you what it is. That's the reason... Because we haven't had an episode like that Because obviously as we've gone up The albums have got better And so it's been a long time since we did a Cooler Shaker A long time since we did a Reef And then bang, punch to the face, JJ72 Straight in there So I just want to throw this out here Okay So the three episodes that have been kind of, you know Combative Have all been albums that you really like That I don't like Yeah. How many episodes have we had with albums I like, because I've got good taste, that you feel that strongly? Now, what does that say about you? (laughs) Just throwing that out there. No, it's, you know, I've always said I have a soft spot for slightly unique bands or singers. So I'm going to stand by that. 
I didn't like the Stone Roses. We've talked about this multiple times. Not as um, not as strongly. Yeah, no. Yours is a hate. Mine's is nah, I don't get it. It's not that good. Yours is I hate that. Yeah. yeah see. Um, you know what? People didn't hate the episode though because I don't know if you saw the charts this week, but we went to number five in Australia with JJ seventy two. <laughs> Australia <laughs> Isn't that incredible though Like It's because everybody's hiding from coronavirus They've got nothing else to do Oh my god I've got to be honest the people, are, the people that I work with Are literally going to Costco this this weekend They're going to To buy up. bags of rice I'm like that I got right okay So let's play this out I get coronavirus So I'm housebound I want more than rice Why are you picking rice I'd be like that, okay, let me have a nice frozen Mars bar ice cream, I'll have a nice pizza. <laughs> um, why would it be rice? Like, why are, you de- why, are you all, why are you depriving yourself of food groups and things you actually enjoy when you're already not feeling well and you can't leave the house? I don't understand the logic. Tins of Spam and rice. If you get coronavirus... I would rather have coronavirus than eat rice and Spam. If you get coronavirus, there's no way you're staying at home. You're going to be in quarantine in a hospital... By yourself, men can, men and women come into you in suits. There's no way you're going to be sitting at home in your bed, rugged up with a Mars bar. You will, because they won't let you out of the house, because you'll spread it. But that's quarantine. That's if you've come into contact. But if you contact. get it in the house, they'll probably just say, just stay there and lie in your bed. If you get it, you're hospitalised. If you're no, coming into contact, not. you're quarantined as a risk. So you are taken out of circulation. You can't spread Take it. Taken out of circulation. Ha- you can't spread it if you've got it. Right, but if you're worse and you're going to see a GP, a GP is going to put you straight into such an overreaction. More people died of influenza, and you know, in last quarter than this. Like, and I'm not an expert on this, but um, it's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. Look, it's a sca- it, it is spreading at a scary rate. Um, what I'm interested to see, in, and this is probably going to air, so hopefully we're not, is what the Iran is. Iran and Italy were the two biggest hotspots. I'm really, and the Iran government. Like you've got the deputy health minister with coronavirus, and he spread he's spread it onto the the female I can't remember her name, but you've got half the Iranian government now down with coronavirus. He's forty four, so I think all eyes on on him to see if he recovers. So so many things I could say to that. Yeah, let's probably stay away. I didn't expect us to go into a coronavirus conversation. So many jokes. Anyway, I'm not doing it. So we've st- in Australia. We've still got the fifteen cases. Um, excluding the ones the Australians on the, I think it's the Diamond Cruise that are in, in quarantine themselves from, from an Australian point of view we've blocked flights in from China <clears throat> and I think the government went to they started to act out a pandemic uh, reaction which is where the stricter uh, rules around uh, flights and airports and all that sort of stuff you'll be loving this who? loving it uh, ScoMo because their policies have been literally allowed around not letting people in this country, Good and point. now they get to do it for fun. Good point. Yeah. Sick. Japan just closed the schools until the end of March. A lot of different things happening as well. Like it's it's wow. full on. I'm probably not going to worry. Good to know. I'm not going to go to Costco and buy rice. Just going to carry on day from day, see how I go. To be fair, you probably want to stock up in, in ice cream Mars bars though. Do you think? Pretty popular. Maybe just start stockpiling. Would that be them. what you'd want if you had coronavirus? You know, it's in your lungs, but coffee, sore throat. Yeah, you might. Bit of ice cream. <laughs> Certainly wouldn't be a bowl of rice. 
Um, so we got JJ72 into coronavirus, that conversation because went. guess what I'd rather have? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, all right, good news. Good news. Mm-hmm. We've got a review. How long's it been since we had a review? Oh, no. While? Six months? More, I reckon more. And I remember you giving it going, you know, we're let, you're letting yourself down by not giving us a review. Thankfully, we got one. Do you want to hear it? You've probably seen to. this. All right. It's called Terrace Away Days. Okay. Five stars. Terrace Away Days. Yep. Really enjoy the banter. Takes me back. Great format and very entertaining. From Glofi35 in Australia. Oh. Thank you. That's read it lovely. again. Read it. What do you mean read it again? Because it was passed very quickly. Really enjoy the banter. Takes me back. Great format and very entertaining. By who? Uh, Glofi. G L O U F Y 35. Magic, thank you. That's lovely. Magic. <laughs> eh? Happy with that? Very happy with yeah, that. Yeah, I am happy with that. Thank you. It, actually, because we sort of wake up in the morning and it emails us if we get a review, and it's just a lovely start to the day. It's lovely. a really nice thing to get. Um, what have you got before well, we. Well, it get... doesn't email me because if Kev gets it first, it's filed away in some magical land that no one else knows than Kev, and then I just have to hear about it secondhand. Kev's filing. Have you seen how clean the it's inbox insane. is? It's beautiful. It's all, everything has just got its own little folder. It's clean. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Right. That's an E. All right. You got anything else before Song of the Week? Um, do I have anything else before Song of the Week? What did I What else think? do you want to talk about? Is there anything that I want to talk about? Um, no. No. Okay. All I'm right. excited for Song of the Week. I want you to play it because I really like it. Song, I tell you what, we are loaded up with some great bands. Like, oh, it is. And I tell you, what, like this is the challenge that we have. So I apologise to, because we've got, I don't know, 10, 12 great bands with new, who are new to the podcast. Great music, but unfortunately, because we now go fortnightly rather than weekly, we've got this backlog, which is a great problem to have. It but might have to then be songs of the week. We could do that. Yeah, so um, we need to have a talk about it because we're flying. We've got a we've got a backlog, which is good. Um, this is from That's a band. Really exciting! I love that about this podcast. Love it. It is cool. New music, new bands. Like I love it. Mm. Absolutely love it. And have we played a bad song yet? Nope. We really haven't. We have really haven't. And let's be fair. If we did, I'd be the first to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. You've seen them. I share all the songs with you. I love them. In a in a you know in an organised. Disciplined ways, so you know what song we're playing. I updated my spreadsheet today. <laughs> <laughs> How's your spreadsheet going? Oh, Jog can just pull up now. Just oh, so yeah. you can see. Lovely. Updated it. Uh huh. Just put new. Look what I did. What'd you do? Add new row. Have you heard of that? <laughs> This is amazing. Add new row. Who knew? And then you copy the same format so it does the lines for you. Yes. <laughs> Did not know idea. Remember episode one where you gave me absolute shit about me and my Excel? Look at you now. I'm doing this for you. This is a very tedious exercise. But look at you learning Excel. Yeah. This is brilliant. Yeah. Conditional. What was that I did? Conditional formatting. You're not getting into that, no, surely. No, I read that and I went, that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> no, insert... New row. Then you could copy, and then it comes up with your same lines. Whoa. <laughs> 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 Amazing. This is what I'm working with. Right, song of the week. Sing it. 
Song of the week. Song of the week. Song of the week. Beautiful. Thanks. Lovely. Gazelle, guilt trip gun. Leicester's a bass band gazelle are four working class lads uninspired by today's music charts writing real music. Great tagline. Brought together by a mutual love of British subculture. On Facebook, Gazelle Band UK, I will say go to their Facebook or their YouTube, watch their videos. Their videos are top notch. Yeah, right. Really well produced. There's the brilliant videos. Um, so here we go, Gazelle, Gazelle, Guilt Trip Gun.
lot of cheese. It is. <laughs> it is quite tricky to say, but what a song. Really, really good song. And again, go check out the videos. Good band. Thank you, Gazelle. Right, Les says. to talk about this me too this is a biggie this is a biggie go on so Les says (laughs) so this week we have Pet Shop Boys with their album Hotspot okay and David Keenan A Beginner's Guide to Bravery okay I love that title okay just saying cool so what we're going to do is we're going to kick off with Big Dave oh we're going to start with Dave we're going to start with Dave just want to just decided um, so on You know how I usually talk a little bit about who they are Yes please So on David Keenan's Website He writes a little bio Right Okay. I'm going to read it Because okay. it doesn't really tell you tons about him But I read it and I was just like I haven't read anything like this before Wow. And so I kind of want to share it Remind me about the video You made me watch the video for oh, homework I'm going to post it because I want yeah, to Yeah that's talk. fine it's but Just remind yeah. Anyway so um, it just says, you know, on the website where it says like store, blah, about, blah. Yeah, and yeah. I clicked on about and I was like, let's have a little look at this fella. So, anyway, it says, nine years ago when Keenan was 17 and on the dole after doing a computer course, he packed up and left on Dulk and went to Liverpool. He oh. disappeared. It was two weeks before he went to a phone booth. No, you, just listen. He disappeared. It was two weeks before he went to a phone booth and called his mother and told her he was alive. And he was in Liverpool and she wasn't to worry. He was on the trail of the disappeared. He had gone to Liverpool to find Lee Mavers, the elusive singer of The Laz. What? The Laz opened up a new world of tuning your guitar to the hum of an electric fridge. It was like holy music, holistic. I stumbled upon them. I found this blog called Diaries of a Rockin' Dole Star. That's all that I needed. This guy went to Liverpool, spent his grant money on tracking down the stairs and shack and I had to go. I had never been out of Dundalk before, but I'd read all the books. I'd read and I needed to escape. Dundalk was grey, brick upon grey, brick. My imagination needed to go and explore. So I got a one-way ticket on the ferry. I didn't find Lee Mavers, but I found some members of the band. I found Barry Sutton and Cammy from the Laz, and I did support John Power eventually. Oh! But it was an incredible experience. It broke down all the shyness barriers because I had to play to eat. I had to get £21 from busking every day to pay for the hostel in Edgehill. If I didn't get that, I didn't have anywhere to sleep. I was busking, they kind of took me in, and I ended up at the Lomax for the open night, which was where all the bands in the 90s played. A place that never shut down um, from the nocturnal world. It was dreamlike living off this pulse. The first place I ever felt safe was there. Wow! So I was like, that's amazing. What a story. Okay, yeah, all right. So that's all you need to know about him. He's Irish and did that. So... Is this his debut album? Like, what's this? Yeah, the he's goal? had some, like, he's had EPs, he's had singles. This yeah, yeah. is the first one that I think's really got us, um, well, depends on what you think, but has got him into what could potentially be the mainstream. I know it's a diff- different sound, but when I read that, I was like, that's such an interesting story. Like, who just... Just, just gets up and goes because they want to find somebody from the last. Yeah, okay. So, um, he's had 
like EPs and singles and um, and quite a few, but this is like his full first okay. full album. Okay. Um, so I want to jump into some reviews. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, funnily enough, the first review I got was from the Irish Times. Uh, four out of five. Shocker. So, um, a beginner's guide to bravery is an unbreakable stretch of ambition. As if further testimony were needed, Dundalk's singer-songwriter David Keane's debut album was a pointer to his individualist sensibilities. A beginner's guide to bravery developed over the space of a week last year with spontaneous spontaneous recording sessions in Dublin Mountains, which he actually talks about on his website too. It's actually quite a good read. Um, the intention, says Keenan, was to retain all the rawness and vulnerability, madness and unfiltered truths that make me who I am. A collaboration between chaos and calm and a world where the same laws do not apply. It gifted me healing and hope and a sense of renewal. There is all of the above intertwined and a naivety that is recognised and an inevitable con- constituent part of the album. There was there is also an unbreakable stretch of ambition. Not many debut debuts clock in at close to a full hour. Mm. The music styles across the album veer from contemporary skewed folk familiar to Jeff Buckley and the Waterboys to full blown um, artists that bring to mind the very best of a quite specific Celtic leaning Van Morrison. I don't get that. I don't get that. Um, yeah. Anyway, from a new phase will now unfold as a bold claim on his website. On the unambiguous evidence contained here, you had best believe it. Okay. Second review. Um, so a blog ear milk, three point five out of five. What milk? Ear milk. Ear for your ear milk. Got it. Um, on paper, a beginner's guide to bravery realize, reads like an epic saga. There are promises of ghosts, love, birth, death, death, and adventure. Mm. It's. Lyrical opulence is a direct result of Keenan's sublime talent. He has a right to claim a place alongside any great welder of the pen. He is often compared to many of them, and some of the most beautiful moments on Beginner's Guide see him weave Irish colloquialisms seamlessly with obscure literary references. Mm -hmm. The album rings with a vibrancy of its characters, proving that Keenan's passion for words has never been a problem. Mm. Um... Eastern Nights is the story of one that got away and Keenan wraps up in a breathtaking naivety. It comes in almost at the close of Beginner's Guide, but is the album standout track by a clear country mile. So, with that, I'm going to pass it to you first. Oh, don't make me go first on this one. Mm, because I feel it's probably best it ends with me. Yes. Go. I know what you're going to say, but I can't wait to hear it. And you deserve this after JJ72. Uh, I was going to ask for a buy for this album, is my first line. I was going to message you and go, look, I don't think this is fair. Can I, can I not do this? But I went, no, 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 it's fine. Let's get through this. Um, look, I, I don't think I'm going to give a fair review of this album. And why is that, Kevin? It's not for me. But I think you know that, and that's why you made me listen to it. Or is it because Les says is about discovering new music and this therefore... Oh no, no, no. Yes, you are right. You are right because we're going to get to the next album. Again, very different. Very different experience that I wouldn't listen to anyway. So yes, I understand. Look, so, this is my notes. You look uncomfortable. This is amazing. I am very, very uncomfortable. Uh, Honestly, if anyone can see me right now, I'm literally sat back. Loving life. Comfortable. Loving it. Beer in my hand. Yep. And I'm like that... (laughs) I've waited weeks for this, so I'm just going to sit back and enjoy. 
Go. Please go. Okay. My notes. I actually want to buy on this album. Please, please, please. As I don't think it's a fair and partial review if I go ahead. Simply put, this wasn't for me. Now, there's some great singing. He's got a great voice, right? And there's some great music within this album, right? However, this is not to my taste at all, right? Uh, I'm not a fan of folk music at all. Um, you're smiling at me. You're, you're just you're loving my uncomfortableness. Uh, I'm not a fan of folk music. I actually find his voice a little bit off-putting at some points in the album, right? Mm-hmm. Very unique, great singer, um, almost Jeff Buckley-esque with that type of vocal. Um, and even with Buckley, beautiful sometimes, off-putting at others. I don't know, I just have this. He's just such a unique voice. Um, I've put, literally, I bet everyone loves this album except for me. But sorry, I just don't really like it. I was doing that thing of checking how many tracks were left on the album that's when I know I'm not enjoying it which is true and this is a long album yeah an hour it's an hour right so I, I same as you right so if I, I if, if I listen to a track and I go wow what a track bang so I'll play it again or if I love the album I'll immediately go straight back my, my Spotify is set to immediate album repeat and I'll let it play this one I was looking at tracks going how much of this is left right which is not a good sign um it's nice at time and musically there's nothing wrong with it. There is nothing musically wrong with this album. It's just not for me. David Keenan, it's not you, it's me. I will say there are three really good songs on this Talk album. Talk me through what they are. <clears throat> Unholy Ghosts, right? It's good, it's a little bit folky, but I love the last minute with the piano and the violins. Gorgeous. Alter Wine, good song. And Evidence is Living. There are three tracks for me that I went beautiful. Loved it, loved it, loved it. But then the rest, I just, I just cannot, cannot do it. Um, I'm sorry, four out of ten. But look, this is when, that's the, this is a challenge I had coming into us. There is nothing musically wrong with this album. It's like what I said about JJ. Yeah, there's, you know, he can sing. The music's good. The lyrics are gorgeous at times. And there's some nice tracks on this album. It's not, it's not him, it's me. I just go, I'm sorry, mate. It's just, I can't, that's not for me. Now, what do you think? So, this album blew me away. I knew it fucking did. So, <laughs> I'll just give you, so let me just talk you through the process of Les Says. Okay, go. So, I do tons of research about new albums coming out. Read loads of blogs. I've kind of like set them up to get like information oh, is this, is this fed to me. Huh? Is that, is that... No, but, but you don't know what ones they are. <laughs> and I do tons of different things so that I can see what's coming. And I try and do a mix of new. I love this. And I old. love that you've got this. And so then I try and do it. And then this album came up. It's like, oh, have a little listen. And so I did a quick flick. So what I normally do, how I judge it, is if I don't know, like Pet Shop Boys. I know who they are. We know Pitcher Boys. So I don't necessarily care. I just go, let's talk about it. Let's just see if it's interesting. And sometimes it's best if we do it together. But when it's completely new, like if it's going to be awful and we both think it's awful or it doesn't fit our, like if it doesn't fit the genre. Yeah, yeah. Like, so if it was completely like dancey or yeah. it's just a bit yeah, more, yeah. or it's too rocky. So I just do a quick squiz. Right. I don't think I've had a moment for a long time 
So I did the squiz, so like James Dean on Holy Ghost, I got to alter wine track three. You messaged me about that song. And I actually felt like I was literally stuck to the spot. It blew me away. Wow. Like, I was at that very desk, and I was like... Typing away. Typing away, and I was like that. That is insane. Wow. I put it back on again, and I went, listened to the lyrics, and I went, that's insane. Played it again, listened to another couple of tracks, and I thought... This is going to go one of two ways, Kev, right? He's either going to go, do you know what? This is actually beautiful and I hate it, but I want to talk about it. I want to talk about it so people will go and listen to him. So I actually want to do this as more advertising for him. Okay. Because I do think this is a songwriter who has, who deserves to be heard, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Now you'll make your own mind up and that's okay. But first, then I... We'll talk about it, watch the video to Alter Wine, blown away. And then I listened to all the songs. It would be easy to make a comparison to Damien Rice. Yeah. And I used to love Damien Rice. Yeah. And you could easily do that, but I don't want to because I want him to... because Just because he's Irish and he sings folky songs, I don't want to put him in the same bucket. True. This is a beautiful album that is written... Like so well, and you can tell this is someone who's lived these experiences. You can tell there's happiness. You can tell there's angst. Yep. You can tell that they are vulnerable. You can tell that he wants to share his stories. Yep. Musically, I actually do kind of like this kind of music and folk music at times. Okay. Always, but okay. at times, and it can move me. I wow. listened to this full album. It was a sun. It was the Sunday, I think, when there was loads of rain, and I was in the house. And I opened a bottle of red wine and I put it on. Perfect. And then I listened to it again. And then I had another bottle of red wine. <laughs> and then I watched the videos and I was doing some research about him. And I just got really, like, enveloped in the whole thing. You got, and, yeah. You... And I was like, this, this is what, it, this, I love this section for this. This is not going to be an album that suits everyone and I understand that. And mm. I didn't really expect you to like it. And it's not, I'm not going to bag you out for it because it's, it's going to be one of those albums. It's just hit a spot with me, and it's music that I love that I haven't heard for a long time for somebody to write an album like this. Oh, and it was unexpected. That's lovely. I was doing research, I'm just flicking through some tracks, yeah, yeah. what I'm going to put in, I've got to figure out what weeks they get released, and then all of a sudden I hear All or Wine, blown away. So for me, Unholy Ghost is beautiful, Alter Wine is one of the most stunning songs that I've heard in such a long time. Good Old Days, The Healing, Easter Night, Subliminal, Dubliminal. Uh, Dublinia is amazing mm-hmm. um, I give this 8 out of 10 and yeah. I really do encourage everyone who listens to this just go and listen to it and just give it a shot and just see what you think do you want to play a song? I'd love to play Alter Wine so Alter Wine oh, I'd let's love do it. it if you love a song that much let's play it I'd love that Alter Wine Just like my mother 
although she sighed only she hides it better I see colors and words I'll draw pictures for you come hear me speak about my longings all my goodness all my cruelty when was the last time I cried tribute to all I can remember there was once a man who loved me he was older he left this scar and I look about an angel made a way back home to God I still think about him sometimes running my finger up its spine Fall into a well You left me over before my time So I'm writing this song And on a sick back just for you In the hope that in the process I might conjure up a few Scenarios for the old ghost Wanna rain dressed in your clothes Come over here you fucked up news Read me so soon through the video for all to wine yeah so wow tell me that doesn't blow you away so you kind of understand what the song may be about when you listen to the lyrics and you listen to the title it is intense do you know what the video reminds me of have you ever seen the film wicker man what is that the one with nicholas cage no it's the one that's set in dumfries like it's set in is it dumfries sure it's dumfries oh they have the festival wicker man but it's set in scotland and they're all like, oh, hello. And then they're all a bit weird and they get all naked and then they build this like thing and they burn it. Oh. But anyway, Wicker Man. It's one of those right cult films I like. Um, Never seen it. Don't no, you so. wouldn't because it's not got any robots in it. No robots? None. Humans. Oh, forget it. Yeah. Um, so what's the video about? And it reminds me. Because it is. I watched it and I went. What do you think is what? Like, no, I have no idea. You, you've so you've been talking about the song for a while now, and then I, I'll, of course, listen to the it's album. Hard because I, I tried like, ah. to figure it out. So he's talking when he's it's it's. A f- I thought he was talking about him, and then he's talking about obviously some priest. And altar wine obviously has that reference. So then I was like, oh, is this going to be dark? Because let's be fair, the reputation of priests. Then you watch the video because he talks about. I was like, is he talking about him or is he talking about somebody else? The story would make you think he's talking about somebody else because there's a female in the video with the priest. Correct. And then you're like, oh, well, what is this like unrequited love? Because he's a priest. 
Is it more than that? Is it more sinister than that? Is it not her? Is he actually still singing about him, but he's done that person in the video? Why wow. does it end that way? You've really thought about this. I have really thought about it because it's just, I just think sometimes music is, well, music's always art, but sometimes it's fully art and you're like, oh, and the fact you do have to think about it, I love it. So that's why when I think about the Blossoms, remember I hated it because it was just like, I love her and she's a girlfriend. She's yeah, like, yeah. annoying. Yeah, I know. That doesn't challenge me. This challenges me. This album challenges me. I want to know what the songs mean. I want to understand what he's talking about. Where is it coming from? Do I relate to that? Do I feel that? Like, it's... I find it a challenge. And I love that about music when it actually challenges. It pushes you out of your comfort zone. It makes you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And this makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, I... I yeah, I'm in a... Uh, I love how you go into... You want to know the meaning behind songs. Mm-hmm. You delve into the lyrics and stuff like that. I'm not really a lyrics guy, and I just I know am. I just like a, a hook or a song, and I just that's what I like about it. So I didn't. Altawine's a good song, but then you told me to watch the video, and I had no idea what was going on in that video. It's a very unusual video. Did you listen to the lyrics? No, just looked at the video. Now listen to the lyrics. Okay, will do. After now and then what? Yeah. Okay, listen to I'll Lyrics, go back and do it again. Watch the video and be like, ooh. If I listen to the album again. Just that song. You don't have to do the album okay. again. I know you wouldn't like that and I appreciate that. Well, let's get the listeners to, you know, we really just played the song, want... go and watch the video. Yeah. All right. Anyway, completely. And this is why I did this deliberately. Because they are on the other end of the spectrum. No, really? Yeah. Place your boys. So, reviews. Enemy. Four out of five. <laughs> <laughs> um, astutely observed social commentary in the form of absolute mega bangers. Mega bangers. Mega bangers. That sounds like you know if I it's was like at Kevin a, Perry Golar. Yeah, if we went to a nightclub tonight and we're standing next to an eighteen-year-old, this is a banger. You know I what I mean? Go like that. Get out. <laughs> Do you want me to get you an Uber? Will you get home safely? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, go on. Anyway. Four out of five. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, godlike geniuses, Neil Tennant and Chris Lowe, have turned in our 14th album. 14? Yeah. Wow. Now, I'm not going to do the whole Who Are the Pet Shop Boys because I'm not going to insult everyone. Everyone knows boring, who right? Um, have turned in a 14th album that proves they've lost none of their magic touch. Their 14th album um, even opens with a reference to a train just as their 1986 debut Please did with two divided by zero. Just, just, I can, just a bit of feedback. I can notice a bit of a tone coming through. Is that, do you mean to, a bit of a tone? Because it's a ridiculous review. <laughs> because what have trains got to do with it? I read it and was like, what are you saying? It's enemy. Go. And also their magic touch. Mm-hmm. So anyway. In an era when pop is increasingly confessional and conversational, Tennant feels in his ability to spin astutely observed short stories in four minutes with needling details on Will of the Wisp, he weaves the narrative of somebody catching the glimpse of a party animal they've lusted after for years. Hotspot comes full circle with the techno of wedding in Berlin. Now, I do have to pause here because I really think the use of techno... It's <laughs> a very loose term, isn't it? Yeah. So I'd like them to actually go and listen to said techno 
And tell me if you really think wedding in Berlin is techno. Definitely. Anyway, so just, Def- just, just yep. throwing that okay. out to enemy. Just throwing that out. Anyway, which suggests that the Will of the Wisp protagonist got hit. How would you th- so pause? How would you think Neil Tennant is? Sixty. Sixty-five. Wow. Sixty-five. I mean, but let's go. It's an equal marriage celebration that puts a donk on Felix Mendelssohn's wedding march in brackets, really, and feels like a gurning groom tossing a bouquet in Berlin. It's the the sole stumble on an album that hosts some of their loveliest melodies yet. Indeed, if there is one minor criticism, just one, you could level at Hotspot, it's that the consistency of their recent output means it now feels comfortably familiar business as usual. There's no jolting shock of the new, they're just reassuringly here, refining what they do best. So, I will then contrast said review with Pitchfork. 6.1. Okay, alright. Which for them is still not the worst. On their 14th studio album, the best-selling duo in UK pop dampened the euphoria. The result is a tuneful album that lands somewhere in the middle of their rich catalogue. Hotspot observes Pet Shop Boy's pattern of following up a pair of bangers. They oh use my it too. god! I just I had to both of them independently using the word banger <laughs> with a bag full of autumn leaves. The mid-tempo tunes keep their top buttons buttoned, muted, and weary like the sixty-somethings Tenant and Low have become. Hotspot stumbles when Tenant and Low convince themselves they need a good time. The interplay between strings, bass synth and call and response female vocal on Monkey Business sounds fabulous until Tennant sings. We're going to have a party. Like he's a human, <laughs> this is amazing, like he's a human resources vice president at the Hyatt Bar. Yay! <laughs> he's often played these guys, by now the joke's not funny. <laughs> Round of applause for Pitchfork. Wow. Round of applause. Wow. Like he's a human resource five president. We're going to have a party. Amazing. I just love that for that. So you didn't drop any Pet Shop Boys in your set no, recently? No, did not. I really did not. So I'll, look, I'll jump in. I've never really been a huge fan of Pet, Pet Shop Boys. I love West End Girls. Who doesn't? True. Like, some of them are great. I've never, I, the fact they've got 14 albums, I had no idea. Like, none. I've probably, I don't think I've even listened to a full Pet Shop Boys album. I just don't think I have. Um, we did a challenge, didn't we, for the Pet Shop Boys? Didn't yeah, we? but I haven't listened. Yeah, we, but I haven't done a full album. No, like I haven't gone. Oh, I'm going to pop that. No. no. Um, but so let me just think about the songs. So like, the first track, Will of the Wisp, it's not the worst. Not the worst. Second, tra- then it just goes all techno. It's a good take. I don't know what it is. I, I I don't even know what to say. It was even hard to to rate it because I'm like, really? For you, for Pet Shop Boys, this isn't bad. And this is your 14th album, and you're quite old. Did Not you say this isn't bad for them? Like, if you think about, you know how we review album like bands who've released 10 albums, and then you're like, that. Why'd you bother? Stop doing it. It's crap. Yeah. Okay. This is not any worse than anything else they've done. Okay. And given the fact that it's their 14th and the... And they're 65. I mean, I don't like it. By any stretch okay. of the imagination. Mm. Some of it made me, like, bop in my chair. Yeah, 
there you go. I've got to be honest, there it does, you go. doesn't it? We'll get to mine in a minute. You keep talking. Um, it's a hard one to read. Just get on with it. It's five out of ten. All right, five out of ten. Here we go. Okay, my overall commentary. I didn't want to like this album. Mainly down to the stigma of liking a Pet Shop Boys album. Yeah, there is that. However, I did like this in places. Yes. The first five songs are actually pretty good. Now, you put it on. There's the Pet Shop Boys effect, right? Where you put it on, you're like, oh, what's this? What's this? I know. And then you get distracted. You get, you look, you type it on your computer or you're doing something. And then you just start, little foot tap. Yes. Little foot tap. That's not bad. That's catchy. Before you know it, you're on track three, and you're like, oh, "That's not bad." Now, so I'm like, oh, "Oh Jesus, am I? No, I'm not a Pet Shop Boys fan. No, this is just Ooh, a, no. this is just a one-off. No, right? So anyway, um, I found myself foot tapping, especially Dreamland and Monkey Business. However, there's some Dreamland's amazing. There's some really. I'm not gonna lie, Dreamland is amazing. <sighs> However, there's, I'm not a massive fan of one track that I never want to hear again. But if we got past that, this is an okay What's album. What's the track? Wedding. It's the Babylon's, Ian Brown's Babylon of album oh, endings. I'll tell you what, though. I wedding, think you are the one as well. Number two. Hey. So I've got... No, I actually, I actually liked all tracks. Um, Dreamland is good. I like Will of the Wisp. Monkey business is so cheesy, but I love it. <laughs> so cheesy, right? Wedding the 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 when the beat hits. So it's not it's not bloody techno, but when the when the, the sort of house beat hits of wedding, it's a great beat. It's like it's a great house funky beat, and then the singing hits, and you're like, and then the wedding bells chime. I'm like, no, no, no. But that's it. I actually, this is not a bad album. There are moments I really enjoyed. It's got one bad song on it. But overall, I'd probably listen to it again. Five out of ten. Same. No joke, five out of ten. <laughs> Look, it's not enough for us to play Pet Shop Boys. No, 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 no. But you know what? Not bad. Not bad. 65 pumping out decent tunes like that. Fair play. Fair play. 65. Fair play. Could be in a Fair home. Fair play. Could, yes. Right. Dead. <laughs> Britpop one-liners. Oh, pumped. Let's go. Britpop one-liners. <laughs> it's a bit of junk. No, That'll be funny. No. That'll be funny. JJ72, I give you a full page of one-liners. Let's do this. Had to change the font to make them all fit. <sighs> you ready? Carl, JJ72, Britpot one-liners. Keeping with the football analogy, I'd liken them to 2008. Have an, an water, Waterlooville FA Cup squad that knocked out a Premier League Swansea team. They had their five-minute success... But never heard from since. Mm. Mm. You massacred that. Did I? <laughs> Keep going. Andrew Phelps. <laughs> I bought the first album based on the hype. I listened to the first three songs, decided it wasn't for me, snapped the CD, threw it in the bin. But I appreciate their effort and hard work. Andrew, 
Good work. Who snaps a CD? I would. That's hellish. You don't snap a CD. Whack it on eBay, sell it, give it into a charity shop, whatever. You don't snap it. Yeah, scratch it. Don't scratch it. Get your compass. (laughs) Did you do that at school? You ever scratch a CD up? Yeah, and put my name on it. Oh, my God. Les was here. This album sucks. So cool. Yeah. David Lindsay. I remember thinking this kind of music was okay, but missed the arrogance that had suddenly vanished. That's a good point. It is. Ian. Grating or great? Hmm. Is it, where's, where's, the, uh, where's the drink analogies? Yeah, I know. What's going on, oh, mate? Oh, let's think of a drink analogy. Season two. I would on? rather drink my own piss. Oh, fuck. Johnny Easton, not on UK Spotify. <laughs> Lucky you, Johnny. Lucky you. <laughs> this is the only reason that you'd want to get a VPN. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, best band for a screaming sing-along session. Yeah! <laughs> the music bubble. Impressive yet divisive vocals, over-ranging rock and soaring highs and sensitive ballads with lilting falsetto that sometimes succumb to sloppy songwriting. Oh. Like that. Like that. Like that. Chris Chapman. It was okay at the time. Oh, keep going. Oliver Burnell. A great debut, patchy, imaginative, challenging and unique. Probably explains why they didn't last very long. Worth Ooh. the time. Yeah. <laughs> Andy, file alongside Muse under the character category. A bit much. Amazing. <laughs> they are like Muse. Same deal, isn't it? Okay. Chris Chapman. I listened back the other day, and my first thought was, I can't believe I like these. They sound like Muse, and they're shite. <laughs> Michael. Great first album. Bass player is Love Heart Emoji. Eyes. Yeah. Don't know There's quite that. a few comments about the bass player, Hilary Woods. I stayed away from that in my professional. She's coming up in our homework. Is she? Well, slip that one in there. Oh, yeah. It's not quite yet on the spreadsheet. I need to insert new row. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Getting there. Getting there. Love it. <laughs> uh, Paul, I love both albums. It's a shame their third album never saw the light of day. Is it, Paul? Yes, it is. Isn't Shut it? up. Mark Walker, great singles band, slightly goth, all physically a bit too perfect to be indie. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. That is interesting. Okay. Mark Nelson. I'm one staying of, away from it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Mark Nelson, one of the most underrated bands of the early 2000s. Was that Mark? Yeah. Cheers, Mark. Yeah, we're Mark. <laughs> Get your ears tested, Mark. Shut up. Simon Lees, if you don't get goosebumps when the outro to Oxygen explodes, then you're dead inside. Who was that? Um, Simon Lees. Thank you, Simon. Oh, I must be dead inside. Cheers, Simon. Brianna. I'm a Les on this one. Yeah, far out. Brianna. Brianna, Brianna. Thank you very much for the support, Brianna. I hope you're on a lovely day. <laughs> um, you look after yourself. Have a great... <laughs> Go on. Take care. Is that the last one? No. Sarah, reminiscent of placebo. October swimming is a tune. There you oh, go. No placebo. Ah, uh, no. Chris, a band that holds up. Say it, Les. Say JJ72 holds up. Say it out loud. How does it feel in your mouth? <laughs> Chris. 
Chris. We will start, Chris. We were really nice to Chris because he's a big Pet Shop Boys fan, so we were really nice to him. Chris. But you've pissed her off, mate. Chris, 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 Chris. I don't even know what to say. It probably feels a lot better in my mouth than saying your name. <laughs> You're gone, Chris. Oh. That's good, though. Done a lot of one-liners, so thank you, everyone, for that. That's great. A lot of opinions. See, people like JJ72. And you're not wiping the album. Because people like that album. But mixed bag, let's be fair. Uh, no, it's mixed bag. Mixed bag. But they're polarising. Yeah, not like the not like doves. Uh, I just uh. don't think people had realised we'd released our episode yet. Oh, you think that's what it is? Yeah. Yeah, alright. Shall we get into this this week's album? Mm. Let's do it. Supergrass, Road to Ruin. The album cover. So the front cover is actually a photo of a bridge near Lefaux. France that crosses the A16 autoroute, part of the route between Boulogne and Rouen. It was taken at dusk using a 10 second exposure as a lorry passed underneath the bridge. That's the lights running under. Yeah. Isn't that cool? That's pretty cool. The album title meaning. So the title refers to a city in northern France where the album was recorded, as well as the 1978 album Road to Rouen by punk band rockers Ramones. Clever. Ramones, yeah. Okay. Uh, Thoughts on the Ramones? Not the guy to ask. Yeah, okay. You? Really wanted to like them at uni because everyone did and everyone had the Ramones yeah, t-shirt be, be cool and they were really uni. grungy and they were cool and that was at the time when I really liked the Strokes so I kind of wanted to get into the same thing, you know, like the Converse, the Dirty Jeans, your hair's a bit greasy. Not mine, but then. That's you now. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I've, I still like that. <laughs> but... Um, but... The music was done there. Is that like a Nirvana where just everyone at uni loves Nirvana? Kind of, but they were like, like everybody loves Nirvana, but Ramon's like, you got to be totally cool to like Ramon. It's like <laughs> Nirvana's like totally like mainstream. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, some actually say or they think this is a play on words because they changed the sound so much, it's Road to Ruin. That's clever. As in R U I N. No, go. I think it's too soon for me to say it because I was going to pose the You're going to spoil it, aren't you? Or are you going to pose a question? No, I was going to pose a question. If that was the case, do you think that's what they did with this album? No. So, um, I'll get into that. Um, this was released on the 15th of August, 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Supergrass's fifth Album. So the previous album, Life on Other Planets in 2002, which got to number 9, followed by Supergrass's 10 in 2004, which got to number 4. Um, so that was sort of their best of, which is a cracking best of by Supergrass. Mm. Parlophone Records, recorded in the studio St. Mard in Rouen in France, owned by three Coombs brothers. They converted a barn to record this album. That's cool. That is cool. Right? You just buy up a property in France um, and then you convert it into a recording studio. That would be amazing. That's pretty cool. That it's pretty cool. special, right? Uh, producers, they produced it themselves. It's 35 minutes. It is a short album at nine tracks. Okay, Mr. I feel like I've been duped. I'm not paying $10 for that. <laughs> What's your thoughts on that? Uh... Circle Waves. 
seven songs, 40 minutes, 20 minutes, not having it. It was 20 minutes long, that bloody album. So, um, I, I'm okay with it. I don't have a problem with the length of this album. And I'll get into the reasons why. I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Where do you think it got to in the charts, this album? How, where's mm. your thinking at? Very different, very different. I just told you Life on Other Planets got to number nine. Where do you see this? Not high at all. I reckon in the, in the late 20s. Well, you're wrong. Number nine. So it went to the exact same spot as Life on Other Planets. How Now, this will blow your mind. How long was it in the charts? So how long was it in the top 100? Thirty-eight weeks. Four. I knew it was going to be one way though. Four weeks. Yeah, it That's surprise. surprising. It got to number nine. It's too short. Four weeks and it's gone. Because it's too short. It's not. I know you. No. It's not. But anyway, let's get. Do you want another chance? I also. I need to jump in because I forgot to tell you your homework for next week. You did. Who have I got? Twin Atlantic. I don't know who they are. With the album Power. I feel like you need to tell me something about the band, but you can't, so I have to go and listen. Right, okay. Okay, I will. They're Ouija's. Um, <laughs> the Orioles, who we had mixed we've rec- Yeah, we've done them before. New album, Disco Volador. Oh, remember, that was... The, I'm pretty sure the Orioles was the one that I said, I'm too old for this. Yeah. And this... What's the name of the title? Disco Volador. I'm going to spot... Uh, it's too old. I'm too old for that. Okay. Just Let's just see what you think about Twin Atlantic. Scottish. What's, Looking forward to that. What's Volador mean? Who knows? Right. Uh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, where was I? Charts. You ready? Oh, I love the charts. Oh, interesting. Here's me thinking, I'm not going to sing a lot in the charts this season, because people probably find it annoying. No. They don't. No. They miss you when you don't sing. Yeah. Who was it? Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry. It's just how it feels in my mouth. <laughs> You're such a baby. What was your um, about? You didn't sing. I didn't sing Groove Jet. So just for you, if the same love, what does it feel? What does it feel so good? Right, there you go. You don't deserve it, but. <laughs> uh, two thousand and five, Les. Pumping. Good. So I'm in twenty-four. Oh. No. Who do you think is going to be in the charts? I would be in Australia. This is when I was here and we were having tons of fun when I was backpacking. Yep. Picking fruit and that. Living at large. <laughs> Cleaning, weren't you, as well? Like, yeah. All the stories about you. Wouldn't you wouldn't come visit me because they went to cockroaches in my house. Yep. Yeah, cool. Do you remember? Like, that's, I mean, seriously, I know we, we had fights at the time about this because I didn't want to come and see you because literally it was minging. Do you remember what your oven used to look like? Remember your oven? And remember, it was a very old school oven that had an actual dial where you had to turn the timer. Do you remember it was filled with cockroaches? Yeah, they were dead, though. (laughs) (laughs) The timer on your oven was was full of dead cockroaches. They're dead. Okay. All right. Just, Just, you know... And anyway, I didn't need the oven. I only needed the grill for my fish fingers, so it didn't really matter. 2005, who do you think is going to be in the charts? Musicians. Brilliant. You are correct. Well done. Shall we get into albums? Yeah. Number 10, Michael Jackson, The Essential Collection. 
go. Go, keep moving, keep moving. Number nine, Don't Believe the Truth by Oasis. Oh, why? Was that then? Why? I don't think there was any need for me to be so Scottish there. <laughs> anyway, carry on. Right. Uh, number eight, The Magic Numbers by Magic Numbers. <gasps> they, um... Don't know who they are. Do, 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 do. Was it then that did that song? That's a song? Number seven, Demon Days by the Gorillas. Oh, yeah. That's a good album. Uh, six, War of the Worlds by Jeff Wynn. I guess that's the soundtrack. Uh, Daniel Powter by Daniel Powter. Who's that? Who's Daniel Powter? Four, Forever Faithless, the greatest hits. Oh, Can we just God, take a minute? Faith. Can we just take a minute? One of the best live acts I've ever seen. Sister Agreed. Bliss is one of my heroes. Yeah. Uh, I actually completely agree with you, 100%. Love. I listen to her podcast, it's amazing. She's got a podcast? Yeah. You'll listen to our competition? Yeah. What's she do? Well, like, she just picks tracks and plays them, and it's kind of like, but they're really, like, because she's got really kind of so like. She talks about a track yeah. and then she plays it. I love it. Oh, I need to it's listen to listen. that. Okay, cool. Uh, number three, Employment by the Kaiser, Kaiser Chiefs. Number two, X and Y by Coldplay. It's a g- <sighs> oh, you almost said it. It's a good album. It's a good album. Do you remember we went to see Coldplay? Yes. In the land of the Weege. Yes. Good day. Great day. Great day. Um, every, I've, I've seen Coldplay a couple of times, Was actually. it Glasgow Green? It was. It was, I remember. Day out in the sun. It was beautiful. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. I had pints of tennis in the sun. It was lovely. Put my arms out. Uh, in Glasgow yeah unscathed okay <laughs> now I know I slagged off Coldplay about that pile of shit last album but they were a great band to see, see live yeah we had, we had a good time we will talk about Coldplay at yeah. some stage can't wait to get your thoughts on number one Back to Bedlam by James Blunt okay so you take a minute he's the best on Twitter Go follow James Blunt on Twitter. He's amazing. He is so funny. I have so many things to say about James Blunt. None of which I can say. You can. We've already swore. It's, it's, it's going to happen. Oh, I can't it's say this happen. one. Because it rhymes with Blunt? <laughs> well, you can't say that. No. I, so no. that's it. <laughs> but... Uh, right, he might be great on Twitter, but that's a terrible album. And he is a terrible musician. Okay. Like, he's the worst... Like, You're Beautiful has got to be one of the worst songs on the planet. Awful. 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 Okay. I'm not a fan. Obviously, clearly. But I do think, anyone, you want to laugh, go seriously follow him on Twitter. He's, do you he, think he knows he's not very No, good? he knows. He knows, and he makes fun of himself the whole time. Oh, good on you. Like, he's, he's brilliant. Um, so, like... Someone tweeted on the other day, uh, hey mate, just to let you know we had a really good time at your concert the other night, and he replied by okay guys, you can let his family go now. Like just 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 he knows how to make fun of himself and he's good, he's good. Good on him. Alright, you ready for the singles? Yeah. Oh for f- Number ten, Ass Like That by Eminem. <laughs> how does that get in the chance? It does, I don't know. 
Nine. We belong together by Mariah Carey. Because <laughs> we belong together. <laughs> Horrible. Holy crap, it gets worse. Ghetto Gospel by Tupac featuring Elton John. <laughs> How come that even happened? He's like, oh God. <laughs> Leslie's brain's just exploded. Because it has. Because if you said to me, I tell you what, pick two musicians who probably, even from a values perspective, never mind a music perspective, are polarising. Mm-hmm. I'd go, ah, Tupac and Elton John. I'm with you. I tell you now, I'm looking at this chart now. It's horrible. It's, it's horrible. Um, number seven, Since You've Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson. Since you've been gone, I can't breathe for the first time. I'm out of you. Yeah, yeah. Can't see you. I can then. I get what I want. Since you've been gone. So anyone who uh, enjoyed the break mm-hmm. and Leslie's back singing again, send your tweets to the Soundtrack Podcast. Uh, Chris, all right, so number 6-0 oh, by Ciara featuring Ludacris. Don't know it. Let's keep it going. Belly Dancer by Akon. <laughs> this is ridiculous. There is one good song and we're about to hit it. Number four, Ooh La La by Goldfrapp. Oh, I love Goldfrapp. Yeah, I know you do. I'm going to tell a story about Goldfrapp against my better judgment. (laughs) (laughs) Les has had a few beers. Here we go. So, when I lived in Edinburgh, I had a friend who ran a print shop and, like, made posters and that and, like, flyers and that's anything you wanted printed. At the time, tickets weren't as sophisticated back then. No. And they were playing in the Usher Hall in Edinburgh. No. And it was sold out. But it's all standing. My friend goes, I really want to go and see Goldfrap. Well, sold out, can't go. They went, well, my friends willing to give me their ticket. I could make a couple of copies. Like, properly do it. Are you up for it? Nah, because that'll never work. But legit, no, oh, all right. Okay, well, we'll try. What's the harm? Got it. <laughs> well done. Was that a one off? Yeah, one off. I felt guilty the whole time. <laughs> Hated it. Like, genuinely felt guilty. Kept looking over my shoulder. Any minute now. Any minute now. To the point where I felt so guilty that I asked a friend who had the real ticket, can I have that? Because then I actually could kid myself that I had done the right thing. Let me ask you this. Did you have a fake ID as a kid? No. I did. And did I, you? Yeah, I, I didn't did. know that. I, I had it once. I used it once to get into a pub in Dundee. Like you would have needed it. And I felt so guilty. So, same as you. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? This is horrible. I can't hold on to this. I cut it up. Cut it up. I used it once. Cut it up. Put it in the bin. Yeah. But that was, that was, that was like, printed out on a computer. A mate had a laminator machine. Did it. I mean, this was And it was like, the worst. Like, you had to look at the ID and he like, had this manky computer desk 
and so the fold over there was actual like dust and crap on my my photo so it looked oh just terrible i think it I think it had me down as studying psychology or something ridiculous like that Mike. anyway once anyway that's my uh... where the hell where are we off oh, gold frap number three great gig though good good number three all the way by craig david <laughs> all the way out of the charts please ask like that all the way so far on these uh bad day by daniel powter again Who's this fella? Don't know. And number one, You're Beautiful by James Blunty. Oh, God. I don't want to ever hear that chart again. Okay, but that is 2005, right? We know it's bad. Shall we get into this album? Yes. All right. So this is Listener Choice. Andy picked this album. And Thanks, I'm Andy. so happy you did. So thank you for... Re- you do like this album. I, I can't get into spoilers yet. This is Andy's... So what I'll do for listeners, right? If you've picked an album... I'm going to reach out to you and I'm going to say, can you give me a blurb? Can you tell me why you like it? Well, I want to yeah, hear good. from you. Yep. So Andy wrote this, right? You ready? Yeah. Supergrass were one of the greatest single bands of the Britpop era, so it's perhaps surprising to discover that one of their best albums is a melancholy-tinged record with no obvious single contenders among it, amongst its nine tracks. Road to Ruin may not have been the big summer anthems that made the band famous, but as a tonally consistent album, it hangs together better than any of the previous releases. The tracks complement each other beautifully, enhancing each other's quality by virtue of the role they play in the bigger picture. Though it made little commercial impact at the time, Road to Ruin now feels like a timeless album, blending influences from various decades to create a dreamy gem. If In It For The Money was a great going out album, Road to Ruin is a perfect staying in album, for an introspective afternoon lazily watching the rain on your window pane. Come on. Well written. Well written. Well ah, done. Brilliant. What a great description. Yeah, nailed it. So nailed it. Two things. One, thank you very much for writing that. Nailed it. Two, Andy just became a father. Oh. So congratulations, mate. Cheers to you. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, In fact, listen, cheers. There you go. There you go. You are piling through these beers. Don't know who's going to drink that now. <laughs> foolish. Um, I am actually really glad that Andy chose this. I actually think this is a. Fa- I talked about it at the start. It's a fascinating album to talk about because it is very different to what you expect from a Supergrass. Um, we're not going to delve into Life on Other Planets. We may cover that something else. The band themselves, they're a confirmed four piece Gaz, Danny, Rob, and Mick by this stage. Um, Road to Ruin, as I talked about, is off the back of Supergrass's Best Of. Um, the Best Of had two new songs. It had Bullet and Kiss of Life. Both good songs, but none of them gave any insight into what was going to come uh, with this album. Pitchfork gave a rating of 8.5 to the Best Of. All right. What's striking about Supergrass is 10 and its revelation that, despite the occasional stabs of parklife rhythm guitar and music hall tinges, Supergrass never really belonged to the scene from which they sprang. Liam and Noel wanted to be the Beatles. Damon wanted to be admired. Jarvis wanted to be clever. Tom wanted everyone else to be miserable. Meanwhile, the Cornelius-faced Gaz Combs, the man with the mutton chops, he just wanted to be all right. <laughs> so while Noel attempted rewrites of Abbey Road and menswear became the punchline to this joke, Supergrass built up a catalogue of raucous, jubilant, unrepentant unpretentiousness influenced by the kinks and the buzzcocks buzzcocks 
Yes, but increasingly tapping into the swagger immediacy of early rock and Delta Blues as channeled through the Rolling Stones and T-Rex. What's your thoughts on the sound of Supergrass compared to other bands? Just on this album or in general? In, let's talk about in general. Okay. Um, look, the albums, like obviously the ones like In It For The Money that we covered and like, like earlier, yeah, they fitted in the Britpop era. Um, he's got a distinctive voice. He does. Um, this is such a st- step away. Mm-hmm. And it's refreshing. Yeah, okay. Um... It's hard to compare them because they're in the Britpop era, but they don't sound the same. Mm. They don't sound like a Blur. I don't think they sound like Blur. I don't, they're certainly not. Don't sound like Oasis. They're not like the Blue Tones. They they're not like anything do, else, not. right? And this is the thing, right? I, but their first couple albums do have that similar vibe. So it's cheery, jingly guitars, um, happy, like lyrics, happy, quite pumped. This is very understated. Okay. Very different. What I will say though, that shows me that they're like that shows me they're talented musicians. To be able to change your style through various albums, there are there are a lot of bands that couldn't write an album like this in the first place. Mm-hmm. Never mind change your style to write this album. Correct. Never mind people to say, Well, I didn't like the fact that you did that mm-hmm. and you're like, dude, you couldn't even write that if you tried. Mm-hmm. So to come off the back of like a song like All Right, which are the third, and then you've got St. Petersburg, then you kind of go, absolutely fair play for being such a talent. Okay. Is how I see it. Good. So this is an interesting album because it's a really challenging time for the band. Right. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So Danny Kevin, Tell me more. <laughs> Danny Goffey. So allegedly. Big allegedly. Danny and his wife. So we talked about this on the last Supergrass episode, but Danny and his wife, who was Pearl Lowe, who was a former singer of Powder, were members of something called the Primrose Hill set. Yes. Right? So called because they mainly lived in that area, which was basically a group of celebs uh, famous for partying. Right. The friendship group included Kate Moss, Jude Law, and his now ex-wife Sadie Frost, former Oasis members Liam and Noel Gallagher, and their respective ex-wives Patsy Kenza and Meg Matthews, Lisa Morish, Riss Evans, and Davinia Taylor. What do you remember about this? I remember them being in the news all the time. All the time. Jude Law and Sadie Frost were in the news all the time. Kate Moss was in the news all the time. Um, was it just because they partied or they partied lots there was lots of alleged drug use there was lots of um, alleged fighting like there'd always be a photograph Sadie Frost leaves Jude Law and they're Mm -hmm. like uh, munted on the paper and look ridiculous Yeah. and then there would be oh Patsy Kensett lies in gutter no Liam looking like it was just always nonsense but it was always that tabloid stuff that we spoke about in the last episode which if you take a photograph at the wrong angle of anyone, you can basically pretend they're doing something. Yeah, of course. You yeah, can yeah. just, just your facial expression, you catch them at the wrong time. You could look munted, you could look drunk, you could look you're like you're dying. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just don't know, I just think it's such... I hate it. I absolutely hate that kind of... I hate gossip mags. 
I hate paparazzi. Mm -hmm. I hate celebrity stuff. Mm -hmm. I never watch celebrity get me anywhere. This is annoying. I don't watch anything that is going to... I hate it. I hate it all. Like, what is our fascination with someone who just because they're good at something then get photographed more and it gives us a right to be in their life? Mm. Yep. Hate it. Yeah. And why is it entertaining? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to read a magazine full of pretend stories. A funny story, this is funny. I was in down the south coast seeing my friend and then I went into the local Woolies because I thought I need to do some shopping, I'll get it done before I get back to Sydney because it's hectic. Yep. You know how they all have those celeb magazines that they're... So I'm putting my stuff on the conveyor belt. This couple come up and the lady's like that. Oh! Jen's having Brad's baby. And I'm like... (laughs) Then I can't help myself so I laugh out loud. And then she's like that. Did you read it? I was like, I think Jennifer Aniston went through menopause about ten years ago, so the chances are slim. <laughs> and I went, and she's not. I said, you know what's happened there is, she's not actually pregnant, she's just had a bowl of pasta. So, <laughs> can we all kind of, and we were laughing. All right. And she was like, I know I shouldn't do it, but I'm really interested. And it was just, we all know it's lies. But we buy into it. But we buy into it. Yeah. She's not pregnant with Brad Pitt's baby. The photograph is probably her... 10 years ago somewhere else him 10 years yeah, ago yeah. in the same place but they've just created they, a story I hate it like I hate it it, it really really find it it's just are we that dumb how's that what we've become the Greeks invented the Olympics we invented all these amazing like inventions of our time we discovered you know cures for diseases we never thought possible and now what we do is we're so instead of that, it's just like I just can't believe we that Harry TMZ. and Meghan are—they're <laughs> not even allowed to be called Prince. I mean, I can't. I mean, I just can't. I mean, I think Brad and Jane are having an affair. You don't know them. They're not your friends. Stop talking about them like you know them. I do it to my mates. They'll say to me, "Did you hear that Brad and Inavla did they text you?" <laughs> Is that how you know that? <laughs> Did they send you a WhatsApp? I'm not bothered. I hate it. Wow. Anyway. What do, what do you think about the fact that because they've become rich and famous under the public eye, then we have a right to know what's going on in our lives? What we do have a right to is we have a right to hear about have they released a song? What's their new album? They should be interviewed for their fans. That should be part of your contract. Like, you're going to have to do a couple of meet and greets. That's your job. job. Like, I have to interview people in my job. Sometimes I walk out of the interview and I'd rather put my eyes out. (laughs) Right? That's true, though. But it's my job. So, yes, I think that there should be media releases. I do think they should do, like, um, you know, official photo shoots for fans. The the odd meet and greet with fans, because the reality is the fans buying the albums, buying the tickets, create their income. But should I know their deepest, darkest secrets in their personal life? No, I shouldn't. Hmm. The same way that I shouldn't about my colleagues. Yeah. It's, I shouldn't. It's their private life. So should I understand they're releasing a new album? Should they tour around the country and get their photo taken and pump the hell out of the album? Yes. Should I have access to their music and their concerts and should they play live? Yes. Should I know who they're sleeping with? No. Should I know if they drank too many beers and fell over in the pavement? No. Hmm. Like, no. 
Is the relationship breaking down? Jesus, they're people. No, I don't need to know that. Yeah. Give them some respect. Well said. I agree with you. There you go. Love your little monologues. I don't know what it is, I know. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, same as you, there's a lot of stories around this time, alleged stories of the drugs, the parties. There was even wife-swapping reports at one stage. And who cares? Exactly. Andrew Johnson, writing in The Independent in 2010, said the group had a reputation for having a whale of a time with drink, drugs and bed-hopping. That's The Independent, which is quite a refined newspaper in the UK. When Danny was asked about his addiction in the 2000s, he revealed... There were about two years when we were both on heroin. We held it together with the help of a really good nanny, but eventually Pearl went to hospital to clean up while I took pills to recover from addiction and looked after the kids at home. Look, there is a part of me that doesn't see supergrass and heroin. It's, no, it's, I don't. It, you don't see them as that. So it's, it, that's shocking, I think. But anyway, so that was, that was number one. The first thing was the tabloids were going mental. Um, over the guys from Supergrass. Number two, Gaz and Rob Coombe's mother passed away about this time as well. So the mum, unfortunately, sadly passed away from cancer. And Gaz said this, We came back because my mother was ill with cancer and I wanted to be close to my dad, he said. His father wanted to sell the house after his wife died, but Coombs couldn't bear the idea of anyone else living in it, so he bought it himself. I really loved my family home. It was a party house growing up. There were always people in it. It's wonderful to be back. We've completely transformed it. It looks nothing like it used to. That would have been weird. Isn't that incredible? Like just buying your childhood home. Mm. Um, so they decided to, to get away, right? Which is why the, the album went overseas. Mix of this. Everyone had had a heavy personal year before that with various things going on in their lives, which they weren't too happy. We just released the hits and didn't feel like doing that again. Nothing too breast-beating or torture, just more quiet and low-key. I don't think anyone was in the mood to release another set of alright-style, jovial pop songs. It would have been a lie to try up and do up the music at that point. So now you, you kind of understand the band really has some serious stuff going on and that's why they got away from the UK and this album sounds so completely different. So they went to France. It took two years to make this album. Two years. And I guess part of that is converting the studio and, and getting the different textures and all that sort of stuff. St. Peter, Petersburg was the first single. It was released on 8th of August 2005. It got to number 22. Right? The album followed a week later and reached number 9 in the charts. The response was varied. <clears throat> so the BBC, Supergrass have outlasted most of their contemporaries and still have it in them to make a truly amazing masterpiece. Unfortunately, Road to Rouen is not quite it. That's the BBC. Drowned in sound. Sadly, Road to Rouen is the sound of a band that is just trying a tad too hard to be old before their time. And as a result, this makes their least accessible album to date. As disappointments go, this is on par with Forest Relegation last May and James Blunt's eternal residence at the pole position of the charts. <laughs> the Guardian. Five out of five. Supergrass have gone up, down and sideways during the decades since the speed freak pop of I Should Coco. Now they have assimilated all of their experiences into this massively impressive fifth album. While the music is eclectic and teeming with exotic textures, it always feels coherent and easy to love and might even earn the band a nomination as Britain's best pop group. 
So the follow-up singles, Low C, only got to 52. Do you think of Supergrass ever going that low in the charts? No. Um, the, the song Finn, which was the next release, didn't even chart. Okay, and I'll, I'll talk about that on the album. I can't wait to talk about that. The band toured the songs in both acoustic and electric formats with percussionist Satan Singh, Satin Singh joining the live band throughout. From August 2005 to September 2006, they performed in Japan, South America, United States and Europe, finishing with a memorable, memorable gig at the Beijing Pop Festival. So another long gap, a long gap actually, we get Diamond Hoo Ha in 2008, Number 19, the lowest ever charting album was Diamond Hoo-Ha. Um, when, we, when we did the Supergrass episode, I reviewed this and I sort of gave it a 7, 7.5 out of 10. It's surprisingly quite good, mm-hmm. um, but it's very, they've gone back to their roots, that sort of poppy. They've moved away from this and gone back to, to sort of chart hitters. Um, Enemy gave it a 3.5 out of 5. It's a brash, shiny, confident record careering along in a second wind, or as one jaunty number puts it, the return of inspiration. The grass have bounced back and it's definitely worth making a hoo-ha over. Now, in 2008, Parlophone was bought over by Terra Firma and Supergrass opted to end their contract. They toured for two years and started to work on their next album, which was released the Drones on their own own label, but they never released it. They officially broke up in April 2010. Spoiler, they're back together. Probably worth mentioning when we talked about this on In It For The Money, Gaz has released three solo albums, Here Comes The Bonds, Here Comes The Bombs, World's Strongest Man, uh, I forgot the other one, uh, but there's three, they're all good. Uh, Matador, that's it. Also that I missed, and I missed this from this episode, Danny did some solo stuff. He created a band called Van, uh, Van Goffey in 2015. There's two albums, Take Your Jacket and Get Into It, and Shtick in 2018. Um, only one of them's on Spotify. Not bad. Actually pretty good. Now, the good news. They reformed in 2019. Right? The even better news is that we're going to see them. I'm pumped. So talk to me about this. I haven't ever seen Supergrass. Neither have I. Oh, no, I have. I lie. Support, um, slot, for co- support slot for someone. Isn't that Coldplay? Anyway, keep going. Really? I think they were. Keep going. Maybe they were. Um, I'm, I don't know. I'm just really excited to see them. I'm excited to see what they play because they've released this album, mm-hmm. The Strange Ones. Mm-hmm. So basically it's tracks from 94 to 2008. Okay. Um, and I had a little look at it and it only came out in the last couple of weeks. And so then, and I think it's kind of going to be, is it not close to the 25th anniversary of... Oh, wow. I think it might be actually cool. But anyway, they're basically there. I wonder, because they've released the strange ones, will this be kind of their set list? Okay. If this was their set list, I'd be okay. What, you're talking about the album that they just released? If this was their set list... You'd be all right with that? Yeah. Go on. What's interesting, though, if we think, and we'll get into the tracks of this album, Mm. the three tracks they've picked... From this album, yes, is Tales of Endurance, yep, St Petersburg, yep, and Finn. Yes, you are correct. Other tracks on this album are um, "Moving," mm-hmm. "Pumping on Your Stereo," "In It for the Money," Great "Late songs. in the Day," "Great Song," "Richard the Third," Sun, "Sun Hits the Sky," "Outside," "Bad Blood." Um, it's great, isn't it? 
if that's it's what they, so good. If honestly, if they went, so today our set's going to be late in the day. Richard the Third in it for the money, pumping on your stereo. Um, beautiful people moving. Um, St Petersburg. Um, I'm not even going to look at the set list. I don't want you to talk to me about this. I want to be surprised when we but, go there. But what I mean is, I wonder if that because I always like why are they coming live? That like you know, it's usually a release of an album. It's just people want them back. They're happy for them oh, yeah, to be but that's back. Never, no, that's never why they do it. There's always a there's always a publicity thing. This is our new album. Yeah. It's 25 years since this album. Yeah, okay. They've just released this. So is this... I don't know. Is this how they're going to play? No idea. If it is... Happy days. Because I, I prefer these Supergrass songs than the chart Supergrass songs. Ooh. You can take all right and you can shove it. I can't stand it. Okay, wow. But when I think about when we spoke about In It For The Money In It For The Money great Richard III Late In The Day Sonnets The Sky um, I won't talk about my thoughts on the other songs because it will ruin this Yeah, song. yeah But I'd be happy Good I'm really looking forward to it Wait, is it? Anymore? Yeah, it's just down the road Oh my god So we've got we've got we actually have Tuesday Tuesday night Supergrass Saturday The Blue Tones Yes Right Do we take the Wednesday off um, I can't What do you mean you can't Got a work off site Oh team off site Oh no Anyway The good news is We're seeing two great bands in a week Now I want to talk to you about something Alright okay. Need your help with this So This is going to be a bit special for me Because So Supergrass Are supported by a band An Australian band Called Rocket Science mm-hmm. You ever heard of Rocket Science? No Didn't think so all right, very uh, small Australian indie band uh, who, for me, had one song that was amazing. I loved the song. Right now, I'm going to talk about, the, tell you the story about this a little bit um, and why this song kind of means so much to me. So, I was in a, a, a relationship uh, and. It was a long, long-time, long-term relationship, and um, I we were together, and I had been given through work free tickets to go to a festival called Livid Festival. This is in two thousand and three. The headline acts, right? Lincoln Park and the White Stripes. Okay. Wow. Uh, now they also had Black Rebel Motorcycle Club as well. So uh, free tickets, quids in, fantastic. Now, on that billing was Rocket Science. Now, Rocket Science, they had that. I don't know what it is, just the song hooked me and I really wanted to see this band. In this, the relationship that I was in, um, I really wanted to go to this festival and the other person didn't. Um, and so this became a bit of an issue. And there's a lot of different factors in the relationship and all this sort of stuff. But this, for me... It's kind of that sliding doors moment where I, I sort of went, no, I really want to, like, Rocket Science were on at 12. They opened the festival. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that I'm, band. I'm screwed, right? So I'm like, I really want to go see this band. It's fr- free tickets. It's a band I want to see. Headline acts, Linkin Park and, and the White Stripes. I mean, you know, I'm going to go, right? And so I went, Right. And ultimately what it did was it changed the dynamic of the relationship. And we're, you know, we're still friends to this day, but we're no longer together. And 
that was one of the sort of moments that just changed everything. That I made the decision to go and see this band, right? And so it's quite, it's, it's a weird one because that happened and then Rocket Science as a band went quite quiet and I never sort of heard from them again. And so when I saw Supergrass supported by Rocket Science, I went, bang, that, that literal... Takes you straight back. That once, yeah. that band, that song, that gig, literally it's a sliding doors moment to what has happened now, right? So what I'd like to do, if it's all right with you, is I'd like to play the song. I would love you to play that song. All right. So this is Rocket Science. They're support. They're Australian band. They're supporting Supergrass. Um, this is being followed.
the drum beat. The drum beat at the start, I'm, I just, I just, it doesn't, it's kind of like Blur's song too. You hear it, you hear the drum beat, and you know exactly where it is. So I'm so excited to see um, them again. What I want to know, if if anyone else has had like a moment like that, a sliding doors moment around a song, band, concert, that youth that has happened, that's just changed something in your life. I just think it, it could... I mean, imagine what... It's just crazy. It blows my mind. So, I'm pumped. I'm so pumped. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Tuesday. I know, it's a Tuesday. It's not... Who wants to see Supergrass on a Tuesday? No. But every every gig in Australia is on a weeknight. So, we, we couldn't win either way. We've had a few on a Friday. We've been kind of lucky. We've been all right. We've been Isn't all right. Blue Tones a, sun, a Friday? So, it's Friday or a Saturday. One of the two. We're all right for the Blue Tones. Right. Shall we get into the tracks? Aye. Do you want to add anything else about Supergrass? Um, yes. Okay, you ever had a moment like that? Is there a song or a band? I've had a couple. Anything you can share? Yeah, but I'd, ra- I'd rather get my thoughts and then talk about the song. In the yeah. That's fair, because it took me a week to, to think about the right phrasing of that one. But yeah, but I think without going into the situations, I think... That's the power of music, and I think that's why we love it. Like, even earlier when I was talking about Alter Wine, it has that ability to send you off on a path and you listen to it. That is the power of it. And there are loads of stories that I can share around that in time um, through various episodes, because I won't bore you all at once. <laughs> but um, I similarly did something. So basically we had this thing at work where we had to, each month... We have a team meeting and then somebody has to present, like run the meeting. Mm-hmm. And then the beginning of the meeting is a little bit about you. So I wanted to do something a little bit different. Like I could tell them, yeah, I'm from Scotland and here's my family. Blah, blah, blah. What I did was, playing in the background, I made the soundtrack to my life. Oh, wow, okay. And then I put on there, and I, but I mixed them. So I didn't play the full song. So I played like 30 seconds and then I mixed them. So I went on the decks and I mixed each song, which was hard because they're different. Yeah, yeah, really hard. And what was really interesting was I told them all these things about, yeah, I travelled, I'm from Scotland, I've moved. All people wanted to talk about, why that song? What does that mean to you? That's interesting. I would never have thought you'd have liked that. Ah. And each of those songs were a particular... And it was a soundtrack to my life. I did it kind of like... Chronologically, oh. from here to here. That's the, cool. This is the journey I've been on to get here. Yeah, yeah. And these are the songs that have taken me on that journey. Wow. A couple of songs to throw them out there were, um, you obviously finished Sympathy Massive Attack. Of course. Slide Away by Oasis was yep. in there. But then I had um, Insomnia Faithless. Oh, tune. Um, and then I had that track, Lady Hear Me Tonight. Random. Oh, but yeah. It's, but it's a moment, this is all a story. Yeah, yeah. Then I had Superstition by Stevie Wonder. Um, and I had, I had um, Umbrella, Rihanna. Oh. And so, like, it doesn't necessarily mean they're my favourite songs. It just means there's a, like, Hotel California, the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. It means these songs, when I hear it, trigger a moment. Correct. And, but, but really life-altering moments. Or you can actually put yourself in that place. Or it's like a, if I think of my life in movie scenes, it's a scene. Yeah. And I made that, and I basically mixed them all in. That's cool. And then I played it behind me when I was presenting. That's cool. Um, and I think the fact that music has had that impact on me from 
the beginning to where I am now in that soundtrack. And if people came and asked me, I could tell them exactly where I was, when what? that song yeah. was, why it's important, yep. that moment in time and the story behind it. Mm-hmm. So music does have that power. So yeah, the soundtrack to my life. I should play it. Oh, it's just... Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. Let's get into the songs. Ooh. The album kicks off with Tales of Endurance Part 4, 5 and 6. Where's 1, 2 and 3? Hopefully it would have been better. Shut Really? Not a good start. Bollocks. Oh, sorry. Totally disagree with you. I could not disagree. So can I... This is my words. I like it. I struggle with it. It's too long. Right, okay. So I, I, I struggle it for two parts, right? Well, sorry, one... There's, I'll read it. Wow. Do I love the start to this. Right, if you think about my perfect way to start an album... Is it that? It's not my perfect way. It's no punch to the face. It's not it? a punch to the face. No. Right? My it's not even a tickle. you got a slow start, build. And I think by the way it introduces you to the album, it just, it's, it's, it's gorgeous, right? So it's beautiful, it's different, it builds and it builds. And then it catches you, it sort of catches you off guard and then you're sort of, oh, okay, it's super grass I'm, I'm listening to. First three minutes are just absolute bliss the piano the gentle guitar the trumpets the drums all gorgeous now at the three and a half minute mark they change into full-on super gross super grass mode it's like they flick the switch and you go this is this different sound and then they flick the switch and you go you're back in this is hey we're super grass just so you know we're doing all this other stuff but we're super grass and i like it but i don't like it as the bit before uh-huh. because it's unique it's different and i go I like the fact that it doesn't feel like Supergrass. This is this is brilliant. And then they flick it, and you go, "Ah, I'm listening to Supergrass." But you know what? I think it's a it's it's a strong strong start to the album. You know, they even reference it in the lyrics. Right? The lyrics are, "We hail commercial suicide. Kiss the love you leave behind and let it bother you. Well, you do what it takes to get what you can." Right? So the lyrics even say, you know. This is commercial suicide, you know, but we're going to do it anyway, right? Um, only other thing, it feels like two parts, not three. Yeah. And it ends a bit suddenly. But I tell you what, this is I, I, it's special. Go on. What don't you like about it? It's too long. You think it's too long? Yeah, I. it starts off really well. And I'm like, oh, this is different. I kind of like it. I don't dislike this. I just don't know if it's the best starting to the album. Because okay. it kind of goes, mm, it's a bit long. It's like nearly six minutes. And I'm like that, oh, God, it's a bit much. But Should we play it? Yeah, it deserves to be played. Okay, cool. Making sense of what I've heard What is on my
Uh, right. St. Petersburg. Wow. This is their first single. So the first single off this album. It was released on the 20th of August 2005. It went to number 22. The video is schmick. Uh, the band are in a completely white room. They're all suited up. They just look... I mean, Gaz is wearing a white suit with a red hat. And he just looks cool as... Remember, was it Calvin Klein that came knocking on his door and asking him to be a model and he said no to them? Oh, like, yeah. he is just... He's a cool, cool man in this video. Um, what did you think of St. Petersburg? Love it. To the point where, you know how we pick our song? I literally spent all week playing this song, playing the song I picked. Playing this song, playing the song I picked. Could not decide... And I'll explain why I picked the other one. This is a beautiful, beautiful song. I absolutely love this song. The fact that Supergrass can can shift gear from All Right, Richard III, In It For The Money to St. Petersburg. Talent. Absolute talent. This is a great song. Oh, absolutely great song. Fantastic. This is a 10 out of 10 song. Oh. Actually, it lies. 9.5... 9. Five because that's almost your slide away the scale. Other one, you can't be ten out of ten. That slide away. I can't because yeah, it's a nine nine point five. Also because I picked another song, but on this album, this is a standout. It is a standout. I'm saying it's a foot tapper. It's a finger snapper. It's a lovely song. Look, I understand why it didn't do well in the charts. I get it. I, I get it. I kind of do, but I don't. But I love. I love this song. Love it. When this when this guitar hits. Beautiful. I think it's a guitar at the one minute forty five. Mm. It's lovely. The strings. This was apparently recorded in one take. Wow. The whole band one take done. Um, Joel Kubrick. The song is about the desire of leaving one's tedious, meaningless life and heading for a better one. Uh, but this desire can be nothing more than a dream or a wish that we assure ourselves it will happen someday in order to overcome hardships and a sense of loss. The poignancy of this song lies in the fact that such a dream might never come true. And we know that, but we can't really let go because without it, our never-ending quest of finding salvation will be doomed. Look, I, I'm the same as you. I think this is a stunning song. Crazy. And I tell you what, it's probably in my top three. And the same... You you talked about finding a challenge, which favourite song to pick. I was in the same boat. This isn't my favourite, but just um, I'm playing a huge chunk of the song though. Yep. Girl. Good song. Look, for me, this sounds a bit more like Supergrass yeah, of old. Yeah. Um, Gaz's voice is is brilliant here. There she goes, walking out the front door. Oh, just it's far more supergrass. It's way it, more, it's more more it's familiar. It's more supergrass. It's a good way to come after St. Petersburg, though. Yeah, yeah, goes. I'm happy with it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, walking out the front door, you've only got yourself in deep, daily life driven to a cold heart that only God you know is great. Now, DMAD on song meetings, he's reaching, but I reckon this might be about Kate Moss. It's all about a model of some description getting into trouble being seen walking out the front door. Around the time the song was written, she was always in the paper coming out of her house or some nightclub and was in trouble for taking drugs or genuinely being wayward. Also, you've only got yourself in deep. Sounds like you've only got yourself in Pete, which could be a hidden reference to, to Pete, Pete Doherty. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, you're kind of reaching, but... Yeah, and was that even at the same time? I've no idea. This would have been in my top three as well. Sad Girl is a great, great song. Uh, anything on Sad Girl before we play? I like it. Done. I like it a lot. Why don't you like it? Because I said so. What do you what do you, what you don't like about it? I don't like it. Because, right, hard. I don't dislike the track, but t- Tales of Endurance for half of it is great. St. Peter's Bar is, is is amazing. Sad Girl, I really like it. Roxy's a little bit annoying. Really? It does, it's not at the same level. Not a bad song. If you want to play it, I'm not going to have a breakdown about it. But it's not... It's a little bit of a letdown. Really? Yeah. This would this look, see, this is where I've been flip flopping. I've been flip flopping between this song and another song to play. Because I think it showcases the album. Um I like this song, I think it's a great song. The break at two and a half minutes with the str- the strings is lovely and sad. The second half to where it slows down and it builds, it's quite an emotional song. I think it's really good. Hello my honey, my beautiful friend. Like just mm. that's just lovely, lovely writing. Okay. Um, look, it's not my pick. I'm gonna make the final call on this and I wanna talk about our song, but I really enjoy Roxy.
Les, coffee. What a pointless pile of pants. Why is that even on the album at 1 minute 50? Get off. Nonsense. Doesn't fit. Don't understand it. Hate it. Get rid of it. Rubbish. Okay. Disagree 150%, right? This surprises me. Do you know why? I'm really surprised. The album is really deep. It's really moving. It's really emotional. And then this is an interlude that just makes you happy. If you do not... Does sm- not make me happy. How can you not smile when you hear that song? Like this. I don't... I th- I, it's just something so... I, I Honestly, it makes me smile. Because it has no place on the album. And I love Supergrass for doing it. Because it just genuinely makes me happy when I hear it. You're so weird. If this was an album I loved and there was a random thing in the middle. Pointless. Don't understand why they did it. Why is it there? Doesn't make any sense. Minute 50. Pointless. You're so weird. Love it. Road to Ruin. What a song. (laughs) Now, so let me explain. I was in between St. Petersburg and Road to Ruin. This will be the song that I pick. Got it. The reason I landed on Road to Ruin is there are so many times that we talk about albums where the title track doesn't live up to the fact it should be a title track. This does. This is a tight. This is what a title track. Do you think this is be. the best song on the album? Yes, really. By a million, not by a million miles, by five, because I like St. Petersburg. But point five. But it, the title track on the album can sometimes be like, oh, that's a title track to the album. Yeah, I know really. how you feel. How many times have we said that? Oh, what's right. a story, Morning Glory? This, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> but this. <laughs> <laughs> Go on Sorry I, put, I took you off Go on This song Deserves to be the title track to them Do you know what's really fun I mean look There's obviously meaning behind it I actually think that this isn't that good a song I mean I like it I like it 
But I don't think it's the best song on the album oh by Country Mile. It is a toss-up between this and St. Petersburg for me. And that's what I'm saying. The reason I landed on this was like, thank God, for once we've got a title track that actually deserved to be a title track. Okay. So I'm going to pick it and I want to play it because it's about time that we've actually played it. We don't ever play the title track to an album. No. No, we don't. We don't. You're right. You're good. Yeah, all Because right. it doesn't deserve it. This. Good does. on you. I like that. All right, Road to Ruin. Tell me what do I 
like it, give it to me. Do you really? Like it. I don't like it. Do you not? No, I thought, look, it's all right, but not brilliant. Look, the chorus feels like it's vintage Supergrass, however. Yeah, it does. I think they've got, you know, they're struggling between, this is Supergrass, this is how we're feeling at the moment, and they're trying to blend the two, and sometimes it doesn't quite work as, as well, but I'm not a massive fan of Kicking the Teeth. I, I mean, this whole album, I'll play into. There's no it's skippers. Coffee the teeth cave. <laughs> there's no, there's no skippers on this album whatsoever. I'll let it's coffee the pulp. Nah, it's a minute of just joy. It's great. Uh, what do you think of kicking the teeth? Um, coming off the back of Road to Ren, it's a big ask. Okay, but it's more traditional supergrass. Still upbeat. You're still in that upbeat mood because Road to Ren is quite. Yeah, it is. And it keeps you there. Yeah. And I go, oh, yeah. So it keeps you on that journey. Yeah, okay. It's not amazing, but I enjoy it and I think it's great track placement. This is a track we're not playing. Because it's only nine tracks, we've played all of them. Let's get into Low C. I'd rather you didn't play this. Right. Low C, second single, right? Number 52. Right. I have been banging on about this video for a while. Did you watch the video? Mm Mm-hmm. What did you think of the video? Do you not get a bit melancholy, sentimental? I yeah, that's why quite... I'm trying to put it in words. Like, okay, I'm glad. It's kind of it's quite not deep, but it's yeah. Does it fit with the song? Ah. Uh... I think it does. So the, so the, the story behind the video, right? It's filmed at Weeki Wacky Springs. Probably said that wrong. It's a tourist attraction in Florida, right? It's famous for mermaid shows. Right. Are they real? It shows what it was 30 years ago and now what it is today, right? So the band, it shows the mermaids all doing their training and their classes, them putting on their makeup and their outfits and all sorts of stuff. Uh, while the band play in the park and then they play live at a park uh, but at the local pub and then at the end the band actually get in the water with the mermaids while they're doing their routine and I'm but just do you like, think it fits with the song? I, yeah, I, I like it I really like it do you know why? I hear the music and I see the video and it makes me go that's a bit special like I like that they've done that I just think it's so unusual that I don't know, I actually, I felt, I, weirdly, that's not weird, I actually felt moved by the video. Oh. That sentimental touch of what the mermaids were, you know, they showed, one of the mermaids is now the mayor of the small town, they showed another mermaid, and I can't, but they show, like, the mermaids that were there 30 years ago, and how they've, they're still in the town, and what they're doing now, and then the mermaids is still a thing, and it's still this attraction, and just, I, I thought it was, I thought it was really special. I mean, I had no idea there was a mermaid park. I had no idea oh, that had been God. going for like 30 years. I think it's, I think it's a lovely, special video. It, it really moved me. Um, it's a good song as well. Look, it's a reflection on, on previous loves. At the last minute with a sing-along, it's really a foot tapper. And I love this song. It's, it, it was probably my number two until... Really? But the, it was probably my, like... Actually, in saying that, it was probably, like, my fifth or fourth song. And then I saw the video, and I went... You know how a video sometimes changes how you feel about a song? I'll always remember that video because of the song now. Lovely. Just lovely. Well done, Supergrass. Well done. 
Now, we're going to get into something not so great in a second, but I want to play low C.
to take us out, we've got Finn, right? Now, Finn... That ain't no hurrah. That's the third single. So, let's part that for a second. Didn't chart. Uh, I don't suppose you've seen the video for this. No. It's black and white. Gaz sings over footage of fairground rides, mountains and trees. It looks like it's filmed on an iPhone. Like, it's it's such... You come off uh, St. Petersburg, low sea, and then you come into this and you're like, ah, that just feels like a phone-in job, this video. It just doesn't... Supergrass are well-known for the videos, and this feels like uh, an afterthought, actually. This song, look, it's a nice end to the album. It is definitely no hurrah. No. It is, it is definitely. But I tell you what, the lyrics, right? I hold it all to the love in her eyes. Lord knows I can feel her, see her in my mind. And her spoken words ring through my head. Though I'm lost, I can hear her calling me there. You know, so beautifully written. The video doesn't stand up. It is a sad, sombre way to end the album, which kind of fits. Um, so we'll play that to take us out of the episode. What did you think of Finn and the end of the album? Sad end. Sad end. As in sad, disappointing, or is it a sad song? Both. Okay, cool. Like the song? Don't mind the song. Shouldn't be the end. Okay. Shouldn't be the end. It's, it's You've taken us on this journey. Like There's been lots of different musical styles in this album. Mm-hmm. It's a disappointing end. Okay. I'm sure there was something else. And... I know it's surprising because I don't usually say it. There are not enough songs. You've never said that. I feel it. I felt it with this album. Did you? I felt it with this. Normally, I'm like, that. "What's he talking about? Who cares?" But I'm like, you got to the end and you went, "Wait, that can't be it. That can't be it." Really? That's how I felt. There should be another song or two songs after Finn. If you gave me genuinely, because I like this album more than I thought I would. Good. Genuinely do. If you gave me another similar amazing track like Road to Ruin to end it, so you give me 10 songs. So you give me all those tracks and then you've got Finn and you're like, every album has that kind of, like, that song. If you then give me the song to end, I feel like I've got a complete album. I'm still waiting for the album to end in my brain. Oh, that's sad. Okay. Yeah, that's where I'm at with that. Okay. Uh, Reviews? The Gister, one out of five. How could they do this to us? Where's all the energy? Where's all the tunes? Saw them live at the Melkwerk in Amsterdam last night, right after the release of the CD, and I left before the end. Horrible acoustic gig with bongos and slow, dull versions of their great hits. The album title is obviously a wordplay on the Ramones' fourth, but never... Ramones fourth, but never were they further away from punk than this moody affair. Wake up from your midlife crisis, guys. You're just 29. Grampus. Oh, what's he got to say for himself? Well, it's, it's not quite the novel usually, but there's a bit into this. There's a whole world of difference between Road to Ruin and Supergrass debut, I should Coco. About the same difference is Simon Cowell recognising a musical talent as apart from some poor slob who will turn him a fast buck. Anyone coming to this album expecting the breezy pop of It's Alright will leave puzzled and frustrated. In fact, anyone presented with the, the album without any means of identifying the artist would be hard-pressed to recognise that this was Supergrass. That's a good point. Do you, would you... If I didn't tell you this was... Would you recognise Supergrass? Sad girl, I would. Um, a little bit of Road to Ruin, I might. Mm-hmm. Um, 
St. Petersburg, not really. 50-50. So he continues on. I don't know whether it's a consequence of buying so much stuff, but I'm constantly being surprised every time a new album of theirs is released. I've forgotten they existed, or at least presumed they'd called it a day. But for all its variation in scope, Road to Rouen fails to engage. The problem is, by the time you've grown accustomed to a musical style, along comes something completely different, and none of the tracks have that extra sparkle, excepting Coffee in the Pot to give them a distinctive edge. By the time the next Supergrass album comes along, I'll have forgotten all about Road to Rouen, and sadly this time, it won't solely be down to Supergrass's ability to hide in plain sight. Three out of five from Rampus. Five out of five from Jan Freedom. A piece of art. Handcraft, artful, not hectic or overglown, fancy-smancy, it's just an album with solid structure and quality. And while not all of the song propel us into top-notch catchities, it's a, and it's not as energetic and stomping as their previous album Life on Other Planets, it's a strong container of solid, aware and very well-structured music. Not every song is a frantic party full of energetic flow, but getting through these carefully put arrangements and to hook yourself onto these solid grooves leaves you with so much more. It's such a rewarding album. What's your thoughts? Is so, this a brave album? Do you think this was a brave yeah, album a brave for Supergas to do? But I do think it's a brave. I think any band that goes and tries to change its musical style is brave. Maybe not sensible, but brave. <laughs> um, and I think they're one of the bands that actually did it okay. Like, when you get other bands... That, that, because what they did was they've changed their style, but not completely dramatically. Like, it wasn't like a R&B album. But they went... That's when bands go like full throttle the other way and you're like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, okay. That's not, you're not good at that. Why okay. would you even try? Yeah. They've changed their style, but they're good at it. Is this my favourite Supergrass album? No. Do I like the album? Yes. And so if it was any other band, if we were doing, say, Les Says, and that was an album that we reviewed, I'd go, good album. Which... I would give this album a 7 out of 10. Oh, that's pretty good. Which is what I do give this album. Okay. This is a 7 out of 10 for me. Uh, I'm... Because when it's good, it's brilliant. There aren't any... Oh, part... I know that you... Coffee in the Pot for me, I hate it. Everything else, there is no hate. I don't have any hate. I don't have any skip. I just have... I skip Coffee in the Pot because I go, you're interlude and you're pointless and I don't understand you. Just get away from me. Go to the next song, please. Um, Sad Girl would never skip that. Roxy's not my favourite. It's it nearly gets skipped, mm. but I don't. Okay. Um, St Petersburg's amazing. Road to Ruin. I don't skip Finn. I'm just hoping there's a song after it. Yeah. And okay. Every time I'm disappointed. Okay. I'm an eight out of ten. Okay. It's a solid four out of five album for me. This is this is it's 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 something special, and I hope that everyone takes the time to listen to it because I think Supergrass created quite, something quite unique, and they're really brave, and they were going through so much shit at the time. Good on you. Good on you. Good on you. Right. You ready? It's me now. It's your choice. Uh, what is it? It's Kasabian. <laughs> Pumped. What an album. In your face. If this if I said an album that reflected my personality. It's got to be this. So this is Kasabian's debut, right? Yeah, I love it. 
absolutely love it. Okay. So next episode, Kasabian's debut album. Do you think... Ooh. Sorry. Do you think it holds up? Yes. <laughs> Andy, 100%. Thank you so much, Andy. That was Thanks, a really, Andy. really good episode. Um, thank you for that. And next week, back to Les, Kasabian's debut album. You're pumped already. Pumped. Uh, we're Britpop Banter on Facebook and Twitter or email us. Bye. Bye.